I'm your host, Derek. Today, we're joined by the other host, Tony. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be going into volume two of The Hidden Hand in the Music Industry. As you recall from the first uh, episode of this little series, is there a hidden hand in the music industry? Is is music, uh, pop music... Is it being controlled behind the scenes by some sort of evil, uh, Satan-worshipping, fifth-dimensional, lower-frequency demons? Or is it just a uh, coincidence that all the music um, in pop music is just for some reason obsessed with uh, pyramids and upside-down crosses and uh, 666 and all that? From what I can tell, it seems like it's uh, not a coincidence and that there seems to be some sort of hidden hand in the music industry. Uh, that's not just me saying it. I base all of this research off of Mark Devlin's book, Musical Truth, uh, which he has two volumes. This series is based off volume one. So, yeah, we're just going to jump right back in. If you listen to the last episode, we left off with uh, Laurel Canyon and the Haight-Ashbury area with uh, Jim Morrison and The Doors, uh, all those bands that came out of the Haight-Ashbury slash Laurel Canyon area, and all their similarities and the un- improbability that they were just uh, bands that came together out of their own volition and uh, rose to extreme heights in the music industry. Yeah, simply on their own by being talented. By being awesome and how great they were. Uh, kind of seemed like they were propelled in that direction <clears throat> through all kinds of outside influences, uh, possibly including the military-industrial complex, CIA, uh, intelligence services, who knows what. Uh, definitely sketchy. Sketchy at best would be was what I would say about and I, that. And I think we discussed it last time, too, about the possibility of that area specifically, like, cause they weren't born and originated from that area, but maybe like, um, you know, maybe they had the right look or the right sound that they were, or just, um, people that were easily convinced. And then they, you know, when I remember how I talked about it, it was like almost like the barracks, like that's where they keep those people, um, to do all this stuff to them and get yeah. them, um, initiated essentially. So that was kind of my, if I remember right, that was kind of my last like thought on that area. Yeah, which that could be, you know, also the fact that the in that area at that time was a military base. Right. Um, in that area also, which who knows, you know, it's very questionable. But when typically when there's smoke, there's fire, uh, and there seems to be a lot of smoke going on with the Laurel Canyon uh, business. Anyway. On to the next thing. Uh, the next topic we're going to go into with uh, the music industry is the occult symbols in pop videos. So if you've ever watched a MTV music video or not necessarily MTV, but just any music video from a pop star in the last 10 or 15 years, there seems to be something similar between all of these videos. There's always something going on in these videos, and 
they oftentimes have very little to do with the actual lyrics of the song and don't really match up with what the video is doing and what the lyrics are saying. So it's very strange. Um, one, one example is Rihanna. So in 2007, uh, her song um, Umbrella, which won the video of the year for 2007 MTV VMAs, the song Umbrella, it's seems innocent enough whatever you know but the video is weird so in the beginning of the video rihanna is in white and is like a good girl seems to be doing fine everything seems normal then all of a sudden uh she changes into all black with claws and for a split second is portrayed inside of a pyramid in the baphomet pose i don't know what that pose is can you explain that pose? Yes, I can, which that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. But why why would you do that? Why would Rihanna in this song suddenly be, you know, from going all being in all white clothing, seemingly a good girl type of a situation going on, then all of a sudden in the video change to all black clothes, have claws on, and then be pictured inside of a pyramid in a satanic looking pose like why why i well i don't know this i don't listen to any of that type of music so i don't know the song so i don't know the lyrics you know so i unfortunately can't say like is that completely unrelatable to the song i have no idea because i don't know the song at all yeah and i I don't really know the song too good either however um do you have any lyrics from the song uh not not for that specific song no i I just i can look some up quick while you're talking about it because i you know, that would help, I think. Yeah, anyway, the the point I'm trying to make is that these videos, it's not just Rihanna, there's hundreds. Uh, right. But in this specific example, uh, why is Rihanna in the Baphomet pose in a pyramid with all black and claws? It's weird. So, the Baphomet. What is the Baphomet? People probably don't know the name, the, the Baphomet. But if they saw a picture of it, then they would say, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. They just didn't know that it was the Baphomet. So the Baphomet, it's the classic depiction of the horned Satan-like figure. So in his book, uh, Transcendental Magic, The Doctrine and Ritual, by French occultist Eliphas Levi, created the Baphomet that has become a recognized occult icon. The book's front piece was a drawing of Baphomet imagined as a sabbatic goat so it's a hermaphroditic winged human figure with the head and feet of a goat that is adorned with numerous esoteric symbols Um, levi describes the meaning of each element of the drawing which is defined by its profound and pervasive uh, duality Uh, so british occultist alistair crowley also adopted the baphomet notably in his Gnostic Mass. More recently, the Satanic Temple commissioned the statue of Baphomet, which was unveiled in 2015 and then moved to various places as a protest against displays of Ten Commandments monuments in public spaces. You know, due to its association with Satanism, Baphomet can be viewed as a demonic or subversive symbol and thus stand in for something considered evil or deviant. It can also serve as an identifying marker for those aligned with the occult. However, many occultists view Baphomet not as demonic, but as an idol or deity that harmonizes cosmic op- opposites. 
good and evil, man and woman. Additionally, people have gotten into the habit of juxtaposing Baphomet's historically taboo image against contemporary pop culture for humorous effect. Mm -hmm. So basically, is the fact that of the Baphomet, is that even evil? You know, mm -hmm. according to the French uh, author who originally wrote the book um, Transcendental, Transcendental Magic, uh, it wasn't really evil per se. Um, it was just kind of a symbolizing everything has a duality, good, evil, man, woman, up, down, dark, light. So the symbolism of Baphomet is literally that. It's a man with tits, mm -hmm. with a goat's head, one arm up one arm down okay. um with like a moon you know so everything is being shown as opposites okay and that's basically what the baphomet is kind of showing but it's been hijacked by satanists and evil types right because it looks scary <clears throat> number one and it can be used um ritualistically uh which some people have used it in that way so, well, in looking at the lyrics of the song, I don't know why there would be any of that. So for the, the song, the lyrics of the song don't have anything so, to do with it. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It not. I mean, I don't know if there's a way that you could twist it to make it fit this theme. But from the lyrics that I'm reading, it almost sounds as if there were two friends, and I assume one would be Rihanna, and who rose to fame, and one did not. And now they're battling rainy days because of her and heightened fame. But she's saying, look, no matter what, I'll always be there. And that's kind of sort of what I'm gathering from all the lyrics. Okay, so um, that that's actually, that makes sense. Because uh, later on, I'm going to go into <clears throat> the possibility of uh, alter egos. And almost every pop star, especially nowadays, seems to have some sort of weird alter ego. Right. Uh, which almost every single one does. I think yeah. we went into that a little bit last time with stage name with Britney age, Spears and Lady right. Gaga. Like actually, that just came out too, not that long ago, about Paris Hilton, who came out and she's like, "Look, I'm not fucking stupid." She's like, "I've played stupid all these years because that's basically what they wanted from me, and I wanted to be an actress type of thing, whatever." That that was my claim to fame. Essentially, was being this, you know, bratty, dumb Bilbo idiot. or bimbo or whatever. She's like, "I'm actually quite educated," and talented and smart and whatever she's like that's not who i am and whatever so i mean that is easily a provable point with her having recently come out with that um narrative i guess okay yeah so maybe this umbrella song it could be the talking about the duality of all these pop stars where which the duality could possibly come from the mk ultra monarch programming where they take the individual purposefully induce trauma-based um, events on that person to split their personality mm -hmm. uh, so that they can be used when they want for whatever purposes right. and then have the other part of their personality stay hidden until it's needed. So that could be the symbolism of why she's going from good girl in the white mm -hmm. to all black with claws in the Baphomet pose and a pyramid. Perhaps, yeah. So on the surface, obviously, the song... It's not, no one would ever think just watching the video or listening to the song, any of that. <laughs> right. No one now, would... If I was listening to this song and I were going to make a video because I am not possessed by Satan and trying to <laughs> rule the world, 
I would have something about two friends. You know, it doesn't say if it's man or woman, the other friend, but I would have two friends and then, you know, the friend going off and finding stardom and coming back home and like rekindling a kinship and being like, look, I'm sorry I didn't take you with me, but this is a dream I had to pursue, but that doesn't mean you're any less important to me. That would be kind of the narrative that I would roll with based on the lyrics that I'm I've just read. Right. So that's... You know, I wouldn't have any pyramids. I wouldn't have black and white anything. It would be a simple, you know, friendship-based sort of thing, you know, with cloudy skies and then sunshine at the end. Like, there would be no pyramids. Like... Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Uh, however, the song and the video, it's... That's the point, I think, that right. they're trying to make. And it's not just Rihanna, obviously. It's No, every... it's, it's like every so, star. Here's yeah. some other questionable videos. I didn't look any of these videos up. I kind of think it's negative to even view any of these videos, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because who knows what it's doing to your subconscious. But I thought I would mention them because in the book he mentions them. So some of these other videos that are questionable are Azalea Banks' Young Rapunzel, Jesse's, Jesse J., Price Tag, Kanye West, Power, Lil Wayne, Love Me, Robin Thicke, Get Her Back. So all these stars, uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Katy Perry, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, Britney Spears, Lady Gaga. In all of these artists' videos, there seems to be common images popping up. Mm -hmm. Um, So pyramids, all-seeing eyes, pentagrams, crosses, either upside down or regular, Monarch butterflies, dolls, broken mirrors, unicorns, and rainbows. Uh, for some reason, all these artists, virtually all artists now, in the videos, it's always similar um, images popping up. Yeah, there's up. always a theme, even though they don't fit any of the songs. Even though they don't fit into the lyrics right, whatsoever. Right, any of the song lyrics that are being played to us. I don't ever watch music videos. Even when I was young and it was popular and it was on MTV or VH1 or whatever, like, you know... You even had said, what was that show? It was pop like... Pop-up video. Pop-up video. There's another one, too. But I never watched any of that as a kid because, well, one, I lived in the sticks and we just... We were outside a lot. You know, there wasn't a lot of TV time. And if there was, it was at night at the end of the day. We didn't get to watch that type of stuff. And we didn't have cable and, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, so I missed out on all that, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. It's definitely the fact that what is going on with all these... I think I made this point again, and I'm just going to say it one, once more just to kind of say it. But I 100% understand evil shit going on inside of a Deicide, Slayer, any of those bands that are labeled as death metal, speed metal. That makes sense to me because a lot of those bands are legitimately, openly practicing evil and worshiping Satan. And they don't make any hidden, nothing is hidden about it. The whole point of the band oftentimes is for people like who want that and like that. And yeah, whatever. they're literally trying to summon Satan, literally worshiping Satan, uh, drinking blood, all this shit, putting upside down crosses burned into their foreheads and doing rituals and all this. That makes sense to me. Is I Do I um, think it's right? No, I don't. But... It makes sense because that's the whole point of the man. Yeah, there's, and no, hi- there's no hidden agenda there. No, they're, they're, they're their agenda very, is worship Like, Satan. look, this is what we like. This is what we do. Yeah. If you don't like it, fuck you, whatever. Yeah, but that, here it is. And here's for the people that do like Total sense. It. Right. But when it's coming up in videos that are not geared towards 
evil Satanists, it's they're geared towards kids. I mean, most of these artists are geared towards either kids, preteens, yeah, or teenagers, or just yeah, young youth, young young people. They're not really the impressionable people. Impressionable people. The the music is not geared towards mature adults. Mm. It's not made for that. So when all these images are popping up in their videos, I'm it's scary. Yeah, it's, so it's alarming because, and that's the thing. As every generation that passes, they get more dependent on technology. The parents get more lax with rules and discipline and whatever because they almost have to. Because now, not only do they have both parents working, but now they're trying to extend into the weekend. Even you know, like like my one friend. She gets called to work on Saturdays all the time. You know what I mean? And sometimes I wonder how that's even legal. But you can literally work up to six days a week legally most places. And sometimes more even. Yeah, I mean, with, as long as you got a hour break within eight right. hours. But that's, that's the thing. That They're matters. pushing more and more. So parents are gone. What do you do with your kids? And there's not enough money to make a living on. So who raises these kids? Fucking technology does. Tablets, TVs. Like YouTube. YouTube. YouTube is basically raising lots of kids nowadays. Right. And if a kid gets into a YouTube rabbit hole of watching videos, I mean, next thing you know, who knows what's gone into their subconscious. And I'm not saying that, you know, technology is necessarily bad. I'm just saying educate your kids and educate yourself so you know what to look for and your kids know what to look for to avoid it, you know, and yeah. how to deal with it if they do see some of this stuff or... Whatever, at least open their mind to it because if they don't know, then, I mean, you know, what, what can they do with lack of knowledge? You know what I mean? Yeah, the more, obviously, the more you know, the better right. <laughs> it is. So if you know that these artists are like this and that this exists in these videos, then maybe instead of watching them, don't watch them. Or if you do watch them, at least know that that's what's happening while you're watching so you can kind of mentally put up a shield against the um, hidden agenda that they have trying to push. You know, if you're just tuned out, it's easier for all that shit to get into your brain. But if you're consciously thinking about it and trying to put up a shield against it, then, you know, that's the best best way. But uh, another thing that's always uh, has become the norm, and I never even thought of this or knew anything about it because I'm not even a part of... Um, pop culture in any way but the one eye symbolism every single pop star movie star any star uh if you w just look up images images search of any any one of them uh, almost every single one of them is gonna have a picture of them covering one eye so covering of one eyes is highly used and it just seems weird it seems to be a fad of celebrities but what does it really mean why take a picture where you're, you know, like, like this, like this, you know, or covering one eye. So covering one eye or making kind of like a weird triangle with your pointer finger and middle finger and putting it next to your eye? Yeah. What like, is, they do that a lot. I see. Right. Like, what does that, what does that mean? See, so that's the point. This is the whole point of what I'm trying to say. Okay. The, this one eye symbolism is uh, widespread throughout all pop and music videos and all... Uh, celebrities mm -hmm. and what what does it mean like oh maybe they're just taking a picture and they decided to do that however if you do a little bit more digging and kind of thinking so some believe that covering one of the eyes 
is a nod to the all-seeing eye in Freemasonry or on the pyramid on the back of the $1 bill. So, which is, it's basically the eye of Horus, which some think is a reference to the pineal gland that lies at the center of the human brain, often referred to as the third eye, which gives access to a higher level of consciousness when activated and acts as a portal to other realms of existence. So that's what some believe the the eye is the is they're referencing the all-seeing eye which okay. the all-seeing eye is your pineal gland uh, which throughout history has been kind of a, pineal gland yeah. has been uh, uh, associated with that's how you go into other dimensions and uh, like when you use um, hallucinogens mm-hmm. Your that's pi- what's activated? Yeah, that's what's activated, and that's how you see visions and all this type of shit. So, some think that it's a, a reference to the third eye. Okay. So, the one eye thing. Another possibility is that by obscuring one of the eyes, it can mean that it's limiting a person's vision and throwing off their equilibrium, equilibrium thus leaving the individual in the absolute basis state of self-awareness. So, this could mean that either the artist... The artist themselves is just a mind-controlled slave, or that the listener will be going into the lowest form of consciousness while listening to the type of music. So it could mean that by doing the, covering one eye, maybe they're saying that they're either they are a controlled mind-controlled person of the establishment by doing that. You know, they're mm-hmm. signifying that they they're kind of throwing off their one their equilibrium their uh, pineal gland mm-hmm. and going into the lowest form of consciousness which uh, the, at the lowest form of consciousness that's where all the reptilian brain exists the lowest level so that's where all your factory responses are like run jump eat sleep uh, that's where all those um, lie in the reptilian brain so by closing one eye Maybe they're symbolizing that they're they're either they're in the lowest form of consciousness, or when you're listening to their music or watching their films, you're entering into the lowest form of consciousness. Well, think about how many while watching or listening. Think about how many times you sit in your car and you know you're listening to music, and then all of a sudden you're at your destination. You're like, how the fuck did I even get here? Like I totally zoned out that whole time. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you're acting on physical responses only at that point because your brain is gone. Like yeah. Your brain is tapped out and whatever, but your body still knows what it's doing. Yeah. So it's kind of, is that kind of what yeah, you're getting at and what you're saying? Basically. And when when you're in that um, frame of mind, that's when you're most suggestible. That's how hyp- hypnotism works. Mm. By putting you into that lo- lowest form of consciousness, that's how people are hypnotized. I wonder if that's why that happens then. To people, when you totally like zone out and you're like, "Holy shit, how did I even get here?" Well, maybe it has something to do with being hypnotized slightly from the music that you're listening to. Yeah, I, and you can put yourself into that state through meditation or right. just by. Thinking. So it could be a, a good state or a bad state depending on the situation around you or that you're putting yourself in. Possibly. Hmm. Um, Interesting. One thing that's for sure, though, is just look it up. Anyone, mm-hmm. go on DuckDuckGo, type in whoever you like the most and I'm almost positive you'll find a picture of them obscuring one of their eyes 
or pointing to one of their eyes or yeah, having half of their face shaded so you can only see the other half. Mm-hmm. And it's I, like, I, why? I literally <laughs> keep visioning. It's from something that I must have watched. I don't know if, because I, I don't watch music videos ever intentionally, but obviously I have seen a music video at, at times in my life. And I don't remember if it's um, Jennifer Lopez that does it or I'm not sure. I think it might be her. But anyway, she does this. Like, a lot in her video, where she does that weird, like, pointer finger, yeah, middle I'll, finger I'll, V thing by her eye. She does it constantly when she's dancing. Yeah, so... Over and over and over again. Yeah, if you if you think about it, now, now that I've said this, anyone listening, you'll start to notice what I'm saying. Right, you'll notice the little <laughs> signs and symbolisms that they're doing. I mean, could it just be that they're, you know, just like anything with celebrities or with, with any pop, anything, trends... Is it just a trend? Is it just a whatever? I don't know. But another thing that it could be is what I just described with the one eye, right? Weird, all-seeing eye shit. So, um, why, what is the need? Why? Why the need for this in pop music? Um, one reason why they might want to insert all of this in, in imagery to, is to subconsciously influence the mind to empower and strengthen the power structure itself while not fully telling the individual watching to worship Satan or destroy traditional family values, but to subliminally implant all of these images into the person's subconscious mind. So, is the artist saying, hey, worship Satan, um, don't get married, uh, <laughs> don't have kids, destroy all morals? No, they're not saying any of that. What they are doing is flashing a lot of imagery that makes no sense, but all of this imagery is lining up with an ideology that is um, based in the occult and Satan worshiping, basically. Yeah, and negativity and... Negative I mean, because think about energy. it. We, I, li- I actually just made a post on Facebook today, and it's slightly off topic, but slightly on topic, too, about how, you know... In history, almost in any culture, in any stage of history, everything was spiritually based. Everything was. Everything was a sign from God or, or you know, the devil or whatever. There was this constant whatever. But then science started to take over. And then people just, like, lost sight of science. But that didn't happen overnight. It was slowly and methodically. And then we started having technology happen. And once technology started to happen and science with, you know, like, with weather and and medical fields with germs and whatever you can't see them but it does have a physical effect on your body but we completely now have a completely separate view between spirituality and science and why why is there why is it split now why do why is spirituality so crazy now when in the past that you know everything was deemed from a spiritual level and now it's as if we've been pulled apart from that and now spirituality is the minority and nobody believes in that stuff and you're fucking crazy if you do Right. You know, and you're almost damned for it. Like, I just had an incident the other day on Facebook with that. Um, and I had just su- suggested, because I'm not saying it's right or wrong to, to do this when you have a terminal illness. But I said, you know, there's things you can do to help yourself. You have to broaden your mind and be open to spirituality and be open to um, the possibility that you can help yourself with things that you do in life. You know, um, and I was literally shot down and people were pissed at me and whatever and it's like you know that doesn't make sense to me how can we go from a world that was solely spiritual based 
to none at all. Well, because of technology, because of the shit that we're subliminally seeing consciously to make us think, okay, God's not real. This doesn't actually happen. This is fake, whatever. We're literally being trained over time slowly and methodically to believe that that whole realm has nothing to do with us as individuals. And it doesn't have any effect on us in any way. Right. Which exactly. in reality, that's it's, what's affecting us most of the time, all the time. Exactly. <laughs> and all these things are intertwined. Science and God and spiritual realm, all that is intertwined. Things happen for a reason, yes. But there's reasons why they're finding uh, certain cures to things. And then people know about these cures and then there's going to be bad people who don't want the cures because that goes against their narrative. So it's, all this plays together. And so that's kind of my thought on all the symbolism and all the hidden shit is because they can't outright say, hey, we're trying to fuck up your brain so you don't believe in this stuff, but we don't want you to. We don't want you to believe this stuff, so we have to do it in another way. Yeah. We have to do it in this hidden, dark, malicious way that you don't know really what you're getting yourself into. You know right. what I mean? And some believe that the reason that they don't just openly say it or do it is because they are operating, everyone is operating in the same world, the same energy everyone is a part of it and is a uh, has to pay for the karmic rules no one escapes karma even mm -hmm. if you're e evil so the fact that they give you a sign by putting all the images and putting um little hints and clues to them that means that they're saying what their really true intentions are so they're beating karma by doing that so when they're putting evil messages and uh, re referencing evil or esoteric imagery into their music or videos, they're showing you what they're really all about. And therefore, like a vampire, you know, a vampire can't come in. You have to invite the vampire in. Mm -hmm. But once you let it in, you're fucked you, because you gave it permission. Yeah. So they view you, they view the, that if you don't say no, you're saying yes. Right. So it's just uh, that's kind of the thought on that why it's hidden and why like the, like these symbols are basically the door. Yeah. So, and if you're willing to watch this door over and over and over again, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. basically allowing your door to open. Yeah. By you repeatedly right. watching or listening or whatever. Yeah, and you don't okay. even know, and your mind is just getting influenced through all this stuff that you're not even aware of consciously, but your subliminal subliminal mind is aware of it plus they want you at a lower frequency because then you don't think about things you don't care about things you don't open your mind and expand your mind to question things you just accept it at face value and that's exactly what they want because at some point then they could theoretically make people stupid enough to where we're just mindless soldiers or something and just you know we don't even know how to like think for ourselves at all right and that's i think what they're going for is they want people who don't think at all and just to be mindless dumb yeah, they want what, just people who are alive in the technical sense, but only do what they want you to do. You know, th that's what the transhumanism is all about, of getting people to uh, basically download their brains into computers to live forever. But the soul goes away and uh, everything can be controlled through the Internet of Things, basically, mm -hmm. uh, where everything is attached to the Internet, including humans. I think eventually that's kind of what they want to happen so that there's no possible way to opt out of their control mm -hmm. because everything will be hooked in to that system. So, you know, right now we're still, even though things are, are 
very crazy right now and everything's gone upside down we're not to that level yet you know we still have a chance to fight <laughs> against that we're we're at the beginning of that period uh, whether it goes good or bad it all just depends I mean I think it's going good and I think it will go good because the amount of people nowadays that are consciously waking up to all these things it's drastically higher than it used to be and that's good yeah so on to the next thing um, I think we talked a little bit about backmasking in the last episode yeah I believe we did so back ma back masking uh, backwards messaging back masking is placing subliminal messages in music hidden backwards in sound recordings oh yeah remember that night i actually went you were asleep i think or almost asleep and i was listen i went to like watch a video because i didn't know what that was because we talked about it a little bit but i'd never heard any of that stuff before yeah and anyway i um listened to a video clip of something about the paul mccartney is dead thing and miss him miss him or whatever. oh yeah and you woke up and you're like what are you doing and i'm like i don't know but i don't like it like it freaked me the fuck out like my <laughs> in like internal like vibration or whatever was going on like i was like oh my god this is wrong this is fucking scary it scared the shit out of me like internally yeah so and i didn't even have a gummy that night so it wasn't even like that was part yeah. of it you know i was like oh my god like this feels wrong and scary and i did not like it so i shut it off and you're like what are you doing yeah you don't want to listen to these things no nope, it's don't do it because scary. i literally freaked myself out and i don't scare easy like i don't i don't know i'm pretty good intuitively typically but like not much freaks me out almost ever but i literally like inside was like oh my lord like no nope yeah nope, shut it off yeah so the backwards masking um is basically just hidden messages uh that are backwards in sound recordings so one example is from madonna's uh song justify my love so in the song supposedly there's a word added in a portion of the song so that when it's played backwards you can hear hear us love us satan or the chorus justify my love sounding like i love satan when played backwards so in in the book uh musical truth the author mark devlin he just he was a audio he was a dj work at a, at a radio station so one night when he was um just screwing around it's like a all-night type of show he had some spare time, so he decided to get the song on the reel-to-reel -reel tape and just put it through, put it on the tape, and just literally reverse it and listen to it. So he did it, and you know, he it, he heard it, and he was like, "Holy shit!" Because he was like, he had heard that that existed, mm -hmm. but he had never tried it or thought it would be real. So he did, you know, the song "Justify My Love" by Madonna. Played it backwards on the on the tape, and sure enough, I Love Satan was on there and freaked him out, basically. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me, because I had never done it myself before, yeah. you know, and whatever, and I didn't obviously have that record to do it, but so I just went and went onto YouTube of someone who did it and can watch the guy do it with the record or whatever, and that's the sound that comes out of there, and it's creepy, and it sounds horrible, and I don't even know how to describe it, but like literally was so scary so i can relate with this guy like he probably freaked him out too you know yeah so that's just one example um another thing that i found interesting about this backwards masking is there's a thing called reverse speech therapy 
Um, it's a field of study where the in, where an individual speaks four words about a subject, like any subject, and then a recording of the session is played backwards to see if they can any words can be picked out or phrases. Mm-hmm. So, say you have some sort of trauma in life, uh, the reverse speech therapist will just record you talking about whatever trauma or whatever. Then they get the tape and they play your recording of your talking about your trauma backwards and then they listen to see if they can hear any words that pop out, um, which that could actually possibly reveal the true aura of what you were saying to find out what the actual trauma was. And then if they then they'll know that's interesting. And then they'll say, okay, well, after listening to the tape, uh, a word that came out was hit or something, mm-hmm. punch or rape or who knows what. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then, then they just use regular therapy after that to talk about it uh, like, oh, you know, and then that could possibly release the um, trauma. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So it's not like it's impossible to do this. Right. So this reverse speech therapy is a form of therapy mm-hmm. that uh, exists. Yeah, so if a therapist can do it, why wouldn't they be able to do it on a much larger scale? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's uh, something that's super crazy or mm-hmm. doesn't work or whatever. It's uh, I found that interesting. And if they can do it that way, why wouldn't they be able to do it with music to make to make a, to make a trauma? through right. backwards masking uh, where you would never think of it with your conscious mind, but your unconscious mind picks everything up. Or to just fuel traumas you've already had. Too, yeah. You know, I'm sure that it's, it's almost like when you're sad or whatever and you just listen to a song on repeat because it just fuels your sadness because you just want to feel sad at that moment because you're just in it and you're like, whatever, I need to get this shit out of me. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, if you're already a person who's experienced a lot of trauma and then you have this stuff going on in the back of your subconscious because it's beating down your subconscious door, essentially, um, it'll just fuel that trauma, you know, if they say the right things or do the right things or whatever. Yeah. Um, another example is uh, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, which, you know, that's, I don't know if it's number one, but it's been... Uh, you know, like, the number one song of all time ever. The best song ever written hmm. of all time. I disagree, but okay. You know, like on yeah, guitar.com yeah. or whatever, you know, the guitar magazine. Uh, so, but supposedly in the song, there's a backwards message in Stairway to Heaven. And the message is this. Uh, in one of the cor- one of the one of the verses of the song, um, when played backwards, this is what comes out. Oh, here's to my sweet Satan. The one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He will give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. <laughs> so supposedly... That's weird. One of that the... That doesn't make sense. Yeah, me. I know. So supposedly in one of the parts of the song, if you play that portion of the song backwards, that's what pops out. Okay. So that's weird. That's very weird. I don't understand it, I guess. Yeah, so that's just another example of a, of a backwards masked song, uh, possibly. But something something else I found interesting was that um, in Aleister Crowley's book, Magic, 
which we went into Aleister Crowley mm-hmm. on the last episode. Uh, in his book Magic, he has a doctrine called the Law of Reversal, uh, which reads, Let the adept train himself to think backwards by external means, as a set, as set for here following. Let him learn to write backwards, walk backwards, listen to phonograph records backwards. Let him practice speaking backwards. Let him learn to read backwards. So this practice of inversion is somehow powerful and evil when it comes to the occult and Satan-worshipping groups. Some satanic churches have been known to recite the Lord's Prayer in reverse with Nima, starting backwards with Nima for Amen, you know, starting backwards in the satanic church. So they, they basically invert everything well, for evil purposes. Well, that makes sense because they, they invert the cross, Yeah, you know, which is a negative sign and a, sa- a satanic sign. So why not take all the Lord's blessings and lord's prayers and flip them backwards because it's just another insult yeah it's insulting what has been created right for the purposes of causing evil or a negative negativity so could the record industry be purposefully inserting backwards messaging into their music you know yeah i would say i mean that's the thing even if say See, none of these um, played backwards things like physically, like literally, word by word, mean anything. But by saying that phrase just causes negativity and or low frequency to keep us in a negative state. Right. You know what I mean? Even if the, the phrase itself, by English standards, don't really mean anything or they don't mean the words mean anything. Just by saying that phrase, it causes it almost like a spell or something. You know what I mean? Right. It just causes negativity. Yeah, I found that interesting and that is interesting. freaky. And I never really thought of it, you know. But if if this supposed evil cabal, whatever, if, if they're really hell-bent on destroying humanity and uh, really worshipping Satan, why wouldn't they be doing that? I mean, right. you think they, they would be doing everything. If that's one thing they could do, why wouldn't they do it? Right. So may, are they doing it? Who knows? But possibly. And just keep it in mind when listening to music, you know. That's all I have to say. Um, the next thing, I didn't really go into this too deep. So, uh, in the book, he talks about MK Ultra, Monarch, and trauma-based programming. This has been done by many researchers, like so many times. So, just read the book, and uh, if you haven't already learned about MK Ultra, Monarch, and trauma-based programming, that's a whole subject on its own, and I would recommend listening to a whole different. Um, podcasts and uh, things have been done on MK Ultra and Monarch programming. Uh, Up is Down has done one. Tinfoil Hat. Virtually every conspiracy researcher out there has some sort of a explanation of MK Ultra and Monarch. So I would say just uh, look into it yourself. But um, in the book, Mark Devlin outlines that many of the pop stars are that the, they're possibly just victims of this programming and that they come from families that are historically linked to these Illuminati bloodlines and grew up with this training since birth for generations. So is it a coincidence that Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Justin Timberlake were all members of the Mickey Mouse Club from Disney and they all became ultra mega stars? So, you know, which Disney is the ultimate MK Ultra type organization with Walt himself supposedly being a 33rd degree Freemason. So 
you know, are are all these pop stars just victims of these organizations uh, that they had no choice to even be involved in this? I mean, that's a possibility. So one of the chapters in the book, chapter 11, is all about this uh, subject and MKUltra. Um, I'm just not going to go into it because it's too involved and so many people have, have uh, already done it. So I just recommend that everyone look into MKUltra. Uh, it was a real program ran by the CIA in the 50s. Uh, some say it never ended uh, all the way up until now. Another great book to read about that subject is uh, 13 Bloodlines of the Illuminati by Fritz Springmeier. Uh, really goes into depth on trauma-based mind control. And uh, he made a, uh, actually a career out of deprogramming people who have been in those systems. Um, but trying to find that book is extremely hard. It's like $500 to buy it at this point. But uh, yeah, just look into MKUltra and Monarch and trauma-based programming because in this book, Musical Truth, he talks about the possibility that all these pop stars and movie stars, that maybe they're not even, they they're born to do that. That they, ha, you know, they were born into that family and that ever since they've been a baby, they've been receiving basically like trauma-based a, programming. Basically like a sacrifice to, to the greater good, quote-unquote, even though it's not good, it's bad, but... Yeah, like, um, what's-her-face uh, from E.T., the little kid, but then she became famous as an adult. Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore's family, I mean, if you look, just look into it, anyone... Um, she's got ties all the way back to all kinds of famous people in uh, the the film industry and uh, weird bloodline ties to other people. So uh, could it be that all these people that are super mega stars are just part of the families that are involved in this program and that they they were born purposefully to perpetuate the system you know uh yeah maybe I mean. you know it's not like anyone can just be in a steven spielberg movie but drew barrymore was in in that movie and has become obviously she's a big star mm-hmm. i'm not saying anything negative about her i'm just saying it could it be that all these stars are just i fucking love drew barrymore man i hope not <laughs> that they are just part of these families and that they've been victims of uh, trauma-based mind control mm-hmm. since birth and that they had no option to be in these roles that they're in and that the roles that they fulfill are to keep the system, the status quo going mm-hmm. for them, for the controllers and to keep everyone else s- subdued mm-hmm. by watching their films and listening to their music. So yeah, look into MK MKUltra. Uh, the next topic we're going to go into is Ritual sacrifices. So this is the one I think you wanted to really talk about last time. Um, So why have so many artists died around the age of 27, you know, Mm -hmm. the 27 club? Why is there so many deaths of not just music stars, but pop stars and movie stars? Why have so many died uh, at at the age of 27 or around there? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's going on? You know, so I just wanted to... I'm just going to go in a list all the people and give a little bit of a description about them. There's about 20 that I went down, mm-hmm. wrote down. Um, so the first one 
is Robert Johnson. So Robert Johnson was born a hundred years ago, basically in rural Mississippi. He was a blues singer. Um, he wasn't really famous during his lifetime, but in the sixties, he had heavy influence on a lot of the early rock pioneers like Elvis and mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, uh, all those types of Hank Williams. Um, but according to the legend, uh, Johnson sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his mighty talent, which he demonstrated on street corners throughout the Mississippi Delta. And in the 29 songs he recorded between 36 and 37, so he was famously addicted to whiskey and women, and uh, he was poisoned by a jealous boyfriend or husband, possibly. But he died at the age of 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the first one. I just okay. found it interesting because he, if you look up 27 Club, he's one. He's the first one they always say because he just straight up said that he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for musical talent, which he used. So he admitted that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Brian Jones. Uh, he was a founding member of the Rolling Stones along with uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Uh, Brian Jones developed a severe substance abuse problem that um, by the mid-60s, he was all fucked up. He was in jail. Um, he was alienated by his bandmates. Um, he was forced out of the group in 1969. And then in the following month, he was found dead at the bottom of a swimming pool. He report, The police reported that he drowned while under, under the influence of alcohol and drugs. Um, died at the age of 27. Uh, there's In the book, he goes into in-depth about the possibility that that whole thing was staged. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into that. But uh, just look it up. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones died at the age of 27. Next one, Alan Blind Al Wilson. Uh, he was in the band Canned Heat. So Canned Heat was one of the bands that performed at Woodstock. Okay. I never heard of him, but I, I'm sure if I would have heard a song, I would know. But he um, died at the age of 27 also. He was... So he, he had struggled with mental illness and had previously attempted suicide and succumbed to a drug, drug overdose, <laughs> 1970. Yeah, and like, what a cop-out. Like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure most stars do uh, dabble in drugs or become addicted to drugs because they have to constantly be on the go and, you know, they have no life of their own anymore, regardless of if there's a negative hand already influencing them. Everybody knows who they are. So they can't go anywhere or do anything that is their own without being disrupted all the fucking time. Yeah. So I get the drug thing, but like, it's just kind of a cop out that that's how they all go. They just all, all it's all drugs. Right. So it's kind of a that's why the the title of this chapter is ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So are they just dying of drug overdoses, or are these stars being propped up and then purposefully killed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, as a ritual sacrifice to the industry, you know, right. all these are all these that I'm listing are are died at 27. Mm-hmm. Next one, Jimi Hendrix. Obviously, everyone knows who that is. You know, the best. Some say the best electric guitarist ever. Um, he, without Jimi Hendrix, he wouldn't have so many bands. But he, just like so many others, died in London, 1970, supposedly asphyxiating on his own vomit while sleeping. His girlfriend claimed that Hendrix, uh, who loved LSD, had washed down a handful of sleeping pills with red wine before going to bed. So in the book, 
he also goes over this whole story of Jimi Hendrix dying, choking on his own vomit, mm-hmm. being possible setup, and that he, that may not be the case. Mm-hmm. But he died at age 27. Mm-hmm. Next one, Janis Joplin. Super famous, also a part of the Laurel Canyon group. Died at the age of 27. Guess how she died? <laughs> Drugs. Died of a heroin overdose, October 1970. Less than three weeks after the death of Jimi Hendrix. Hmm. Jim Morrison, uh, lead singer of The Doors. He was also, as we learned earlier, part of the Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. group. Uh, his dad, as we'll recall from the last episode, was the colonel who was in charge of the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Mm-hmm. So dies, 1971, from a heart attack, apparently caused by a heroin overdose while living in Paris. Thought that he mistook the drug for cocaine and snorted a fatal amount of heroin accidentally. Hmm. However, uh, this whole story in the book also, he goes into, into in depth of uh, the possibility that this whole thing is bullshit also. Next one. Ron McKiernan, a.k.a. Pigpen. Uh, he's a founding member of the Grateful Dead. He wasn't super into LSD like the rest of the Grateful Dead, but in 1973, uh, he dies, uh, age 27. Um, most think that it's due to cirrhosis and uh, heavy alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Kurt Cobain. Obviously, everyone knows who Kurt Cobain is. Dies April of 94, uh, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, others have claimed, that, I mean, there's so many documentaries and stories about the possibility that that whole story is bullshit and that he died or was killed. God yeah, knows there's what. a theory out there that Courtney Love killed him. Actually, I think I listened to like the Courtney Love's like 911 call and she says something about killing him or something like that or there's some there's a way she says something that they're like did you kill him or something i don't know something like that yeah there's multiple documentaries on kirk cobain and <clears throat> and courtney love and the fact that courtney love uh courtney love is a super odd character um, oh yeah for sure she's crazy but she some some believe that she was just like the um the cia or whoever's handler of all these musicians in seattle and that she was the one to get everyone addicted to drugs and totally ruin the scene, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next one, Amy Winehouse. Uh, died at the age of 27 in 2011. She died of drug and alcohol overdose, basically. Um, I, I don't really know too much about Amy Winehouse, but she died at, at the age of 27, just like all these other ones. Uh, next one, John Basquiat. Uh, he wasn't a musician. He was an artist. He died at the age of 27 in, of heroin, heroin overdose. Uh, Jonathan Brandis. Um, he was the famous child actor from One Life to Live. Uh, he was a teen idol. Um, he was actually in It, the original yeah, version he of was, It. Yeah, he's also the kid from NeverEnding Story too, I believe. NeverEnding Story 1 and 2. Is that the same guy? Or the first, maybe the second one. He's the blonde one. Yeah, Brandon Landis. Yeah. Or he, Jonathan La- Brandis. He, yeah, he commits suicide. Yeah, he died by suicide. He hung himself or something, I think. Yeah, age of 27. Next one, Richie Edwards. Um, he was a the, the guitarist from Manic Street Preachers, a, real, a Welsh 
Bam. Uh, I don't know shit about him, but he died um, at the age of 27. Some are not sure if he jumped off a bridge or if he was pushed or God knows what, but uh, it's strange. Strange death. Mm -hmm. Died at the age of 27. Anton Yelchin is next. He was in the movie uh, Taken. He was also... Uh, that, that he was in the movie Taken when he was 12 and later he became on uh, went to be on the Star Trek movies um, he died in a car accident in uh, 2002 or no not too long uh, in 2016 he died um, but he was also 27 next one Chris Bell he was a lead singer of or the lead guitarist from Big Star some band I, I never heard of him I don't know that band either but they were uh, that the intro song to that '70s show. Mm-hmm. It was by them. Okay. Anyway, he dies at the age of 27. Also. <laughs> uh, next one, D. Boone, guitarist of Minutemen. So Minutemen was a hardcore band from the '80s. They're super um, influential. Died at the age of 27. Kristen F- uh, Faff age of 27 of a drug overdose um she was in hole uh the band with courtney love Courtney Love, yeah so she also dies of a heroin overdose hmm. one of the member founding members of hole she's actually originally from minneapolis um she died of a heroin overdose also in 1994 uh frito santana he's a hip-hop artist he dies at the age of 27 in 2018 Drug overdose. Next one, Pete Ham, uh, of a band called Badfinger, dies at the age of 27. Yeah, he drank himself, drinks heavily, and hung himself. Linda Jones, uh, she died at the age of 27. <laughs> no way. Yeah, so all, all these people obviously died at the age of 27, but uh, Linda Jones w- was kind of going to be like the next Aretha Franklin, but then. Uh, she ends up dying tragically. Not sure if it was a complication of diabetes. Who knows exactly what. But it was a strange death. Another strange death. Next one. Pete Defritis. Uh, he was in the band Echo. Uh, English rock band. Died in 1989 from a motorcycle accident. Uh, also the whole thing was questionable. Mia Zapata. Or Zapata. She was. Uh, died at the age of 27 in 1993. She was the one we've actually seen in forensic files about her. She was a lead singer of the Gits. Oh yeah. She was raped and murdered um, in Seattle, but she happened to be 27 when that happened. Nothing too strange about it, other than uh, just another member. I don't think they ever caught who did that either, did they? Um, I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think they ever figured out who her killer was. Maybe they did. I don't remember, but yeah, I don't know if she they ever caught the person. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, he was sentenced to 37 years in prison in 2004. Oh, okay. All right, um, good. They found some DNA. But one strange thing about that was uh, she had a song where she talks about being murdered by a stranger. Um, <laughs> kind of weird. Next one is uh, The Elephant Man. John Joseph Merrick, a.k.a. The Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. He also died at the age of 27. He died April 11th, 1890. 
I happen to be at the age of 27. Um, one of these artists, I can't remember which one, they died on March 9th. I'll, I'll have to, it might be coming up. Jong Yoon, uh, a Korean, a South Korean music superstar, found dead, 2017. Suicide. Uh, another questionable suicide. Not sure if it was really a suicide. Died at the age of 27. Harry Haynes, age of 27. Uh, he was a he was on American Horror Story, The Deleted, and The OA. Yeah, 2009. No, dies in 2015. Or no, 2019. He dies at, in, in 2019. From what? Um, he is apparent suicide, though the official cause of death has not been released. Hmm. Um, so these, those, all of them died at the age of 27. So I'm just wondering here, like, just, this is just a hypothetical, just something I was thinking about while I was listening to him talk. Are all these people, like, people who were discovered and then became famous because maybe that's what why they're dying at 27 because they're selling their soul to have intense fame while they're young and then that's the cutoff or whatever whereas like people who are born into certain families and whatever get like a pass almost you know what i mean like if you want fame most of fortune, these most of these are um found fame they found didn't fame? most of them did so i wonder if that's like your ticket in you know what i mean and Maybe. then from then on, then your family is then, you know, you have fame right now. You basically sacrifice yourself at 27, but then your family and other people are automatically recognized as famous families from here on out. You know what I mean? So yeah. then if they want to become famous, that's fine. They're used in a certain way, but they won't have to give up themselves or be sacrificed. And they'll always have fame. Yeah, like Britney Spears, Jennifer Lopez, all these people. Right. They're... Still making it. They they didn't die right. at the and age of twenty seven. And they're born, you know, maybe they're born into families, maybe of, or something like that, you know. Okay, the the, the next ones I'm going to go into. These are all deaths. All these people died. They're all part of the music industry, or yeah, these are all artists. But they didn't die at the age of twenty seven. But they all have a similar cause of death. Lane Staley, lead singer of Alice in Chains, dies age thirty four, drug overdose. Notorious B.I.G. dies at the age of 24. Oh, so Biggie Smalls dies April 20th or March 9th, 1997. Mm -hmm. um, Telling you. That's Tony's birthday, March yeah, 9th. My birthday, you, uh, some of you understand, especially the people that know me or whatever. I swear to God, I have a birthday curse. Like, it's bad shit happens right around my birthday every year. So, like, every year I'm like, okay, don't go outside, don't drive, don't light fires, don't go anywhere, don't do anything for, like, two weeks. Just... Just stay in your bed, and that's it. And then have people deliver food to you because <laughs> I don't even want you using your gas stove. <laughs> yeah. So notorious B.I.G. dies. <clears throat> he was twenty-four. Um, he was shot to death. Tupac dies, uh, age twenty-five, shot to death. Nipsey Hussle, some other rapper, uh, no clue who he is, dies at the age of thirty-three, shot to death. Easy E dies at age thirty complications from AIDS on March 26th. Lisa Left Eye Lopez dies age 31 on April 25th in a car crash. The whole thing with Left Eye Lopez, that's that could be a whole podcast in itself. And he goes into depth on the very odd occurrences of her tragic death. 
I would recommend uh, read the book. You got to read this book. Also, um, just look into her because there's way more information about uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez from TLC mm-hmm. because she was supposedly conjuring spirits and it's very strange the way that she died. Anyway, she did die at age 31. Uh, Criss Cross, the band Criss Cross, you know that mm-hmm. song Jump? Yep. Uh, Chris Kelly from Criss Cross died at age 34, drug overdose. Aaliyah, uh, age 22, died August 25th, 2001, airplane crash. One thing about Aaliyah is it's been rumored that R. Kelly or Kanye West, I can't remember who, was grooming Aaliyah from a young age and she got fame at an early age and died super quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, some say that she was being like molested or whatever by R. Kelly or one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, dies at the age of 22 in an airplane crash. Jam Master J, he dies October 30th, 2002. Shot to death. Old Dirty Bastard, November 13th, uh, 2004 is when he died. Age 35. Drug overdose. Uh, Keith Moon uh, dies age 32. You know, best drummer ever. Keith Moon. Guess how he died? Drug overdose. Drug overdose. Hmm. This is pretty weird. So Keith Moon dies at the age of 32 um, from a drug overdose. He died in the exact same room and at the same age that Mama Cass died. So Mama Cass was in um, The Mamas and the Papas. Mm-hmm. You know that song? The famous song. Uh, fuck. I, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the song off the top of my head. I don't. Just like you don't and can't think God of it. God damn it. But I know what The Mamas and the Papas are. Um, all the leaves are, all the leaves mm-hmm. are brown. And the clouds are gray. Yeah. So that group. Yeah. She was in the group, The Mamas and the Papas. Mama Cass. Yep. She dies at the age of 32. Um, in 1974, four years prior to Keith Moon. But Keith Moon just happened to die also at the age of 32 Mm -hmm. in the exact same room that Mama Cass was staying at in that apartment four years later. It's just, it's weird, you know. It is a weird Nothing, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just weird. Bob Marley dies uh, May 11th, 1981 of skin cancer at the age of 36. Uh, Michael Jackson, age 50, dies. Uh, Michael Jackson died on our wedding anniversary, oh. June 25th, 2009. Dies of cardiac arrest. Super questionable circumstances, to say, yeah, what to caused, say the least. What caused the, car- what caused the cardiac arrest, you know? Uh, well, uh, it's been claimed that his doctor was giving him the wrong prescription okay. and led it to him OD. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Uh, Whitney Houston, dies age 48, February 11th. Drowned in the bath. Okay, okay. Uh, due to cocaine. So there's a super huge conspiracy about Whitney Houston and Whitney Houston's daughter also died in the bath. There's no way. Not too long after that. After like she died. Like your literal, natural uh, instinct to stay alive would like kick in unless you were completely unconscious. And even then, I would assume that, you know, unless you were like literally knocked out, like blunt force trauma style. I just can't imagine that happening where your body wouldn't kick in and try to naturally motor muscle save you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I recommend anyone check out all the info. Um, the Illuminati, <coughs> Illuminati watcher Isaac Weishaupt has a good 
breakdown of the Whitney Houston conspiracy. Uh, next one, Michael Hutchins. He was the front man of NXS. He died strangely on uh, 11-22-97, which all conspiracy people out there, 11-22-63 is when JFK was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died a suicide by hanging and it was also questionable. So what's up with all the death? Uh, why so much death has gone on? And not to mention all the deaths of the of the main people. All these other groups uh, um, have deaths surrounding these groups, like the Beatles, Rolling Stones, all these major groups, if you look into their personal bios, have some weird, there's a death involved prior to them being achieving stardom or in the very beginnings of the band. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, Metallica, all these groups, uh, one of the key players of the band or that was with the band died or was murdered or something happened. It's weird. Like, <clears throat> why why so much death in the music industry? Right. It, it, it seems like... Well, just like we've talked about before, it seems like in everyday scenarios, if someone dies, there's never anything weird about it. It's very cut and dry. Like, oh, they hung themselves. Or, oh, they drowned because there's water in their lungs. And, right. you know, someone saw them struggling, but nobody could get to them. But when it comes to stardom... There's always something weird that's unexplainable and nobody looks into it. And it's just supposed to be accepted as, oh, they drowned, but there's no water in the lungs. Yeah. What? You know what I mean? Like dumb shit like that. It's almost all the fucking time. Yeah. That makes no sense when in everyday ordinary life, that never happens. No. Almost ever. But if you're a fucking star, that's almost all that happens, which makes it even weirder because most likely because you're a star, you're going to get better investigative work. You, you know think. what I mean? You Unless would there's some sort of Unless cover up. Unless they're getting up paid or, off or covered up. Exactly. Or, but that's my point, how stupid it is that people don't like open their fucking eyes and acknowledge that. And not only don't they acknowledge it, but we're not even like doing anything about it. We're not forcing them to be like, hey, look, this is bullshit. Like, I know 8 million people who have died, and none of them were unexplained. They all had, from start to finish, a reason for what happened. You know what I mean? Right. But for whatever reason, with stardom, there's never an explanation. Why? Yeah, and if they if there is an explanation, it's a weird one, or the investigation is like, just, oh, we couldn't figure it out exactly, but this is most likely the case. It's never yep. ex- it's exactly never cut, cut and dry. dry. Of why they died exactly so, so are are they just being ritually ritualistically sacrificed by the controllers that that's kind of the takeaway to this whole last section are all these stars and um industry people just pawns in the game that have been killed uh for the purposes of ritual sacrifice mm-hmm. i know that's it sounds crazy honestly it does sound crazy but it sounds crazy to us because we're normal everyday people and we'd never do shit like that yeah. But we don't live the high society life where their rules are different. You know? Yeah, who knows what the hell they got going on. But to wrap it all up, what are the motives behind the music industry? And why do so many artists seem to die early or be involved in so many weird things? Who is really in control of these big rec- record companies and the film industry? I don't know, but it's super weird. And <laughs> everyone should look into the true nature of uh, the pop music and the music you're listening to because I'm here to say that most likely it's sketchy at best. 
Um, I'm not saying that the music I like isn't bad. Uh, but at least it's literally out there for you to decide for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I mostly listen to punk rock and death metal. But the music is... the Most of the music I listen to has never became popular. And the artists that produce the music never became famous and are still poor to this day. <laughs> and the, their lyrics are... They're not really beating around the bush. They just say exactly what they're trying to say. Right. Without any hidden bullshit. Right. Um, but yeah, that's basically the takeaway of this whole um, second uh, volume, uh, Hidden Hand in the Music Industry. Uh, I hope you liked our explanations and our topics. I highly recommend everyone buy this book, um, Musical Truth by Mark Devlin. Um, it was a really great resource. And I really enjoyed reading it. And I'm uh, once I get done with um, his second book, I'm probably going to do uh, another few episodes on that because that goes into frequencies and... Um, that's where that's where I'm most like interested frequencies in. Frequencies and hertz. Yeah, because that's all the stuff that I'm researching now spiritually and everything with my cancer journey and finding all, all of that, well, that information. So I'm very interested to hear about it through the music industry. Yeah, so and not only are they do they have all these image, imagery say, uh, and symbols, but are they actually using a certain frequency uh, to record the music to fuck with us even more? Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, the only way to find out is to tune in next time to Double Thought Dimension. Uh, you can find all of our podcasts on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on virtually every podcast player that exists. Just type it in and hopefully you can find it. Uh, our links will be in the show notes to our link tree, which if you just go to the link tree, it takes a, take, it'll take you to the website. It'll take you to the Instagram. It'll take you to... The email it'll take you to Apple, Spotify. So uh, just do that. Also, we are a value for value operation. So everything that we do is uh, we just do it for free. However, if you like any of this information, uh, we have a donation portion on our website that you can just click on it. You can start a monthly donation of five dollars, or you could do a one-time donation. Any donation you want, you can do and. Uh, if you like this content and you feel that you gained any value from it, uh, consider giving back the value you received by dona donating uh, to our website, uh, doublethoughtdimension.com. Also, I would like to thank, uh, heavily thank um, one listener. Um, their nickname is Izzy. They became a month. I'm not sure if they became a monthly subscriber or if it's just a one-time donation, but. Uh, we heavily appreciate all donations, and especially from Izzy. Yes, thank you, Izzy. You may be getting a surprise gift at some point here shortly, so be on the lookout. Yeah, anyone who donates to our website, um, we personally will send you something. Uh, so just keep that in mind. If you want any merchandise, uh, feel free to... Um, let us know. We can make anything that you would like. And if you do donate, you'll be getting something else uh, in return. So thanks again, Izzy. Thanks again, Chelsea, number one fan. Number one fan. <laughs> uh, remember to stop by doublethoughtdimension.com and... Check out the link tree. Check out the link tree. All right. Uh, also remember, if you're hearing this, 
You are the resistance. Take care, guys. Goodbye.